Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Happening America. I'm Lauren. I'm here rock rocking it solo. Uh, just wanted to come at you guys, give you a little bit of an update on what's going on, considering it's the eve of the midterms. It's so exciting. Um, so I have my blood moon up, obviously, Woo. and I'm not really rocking any makeup today. I'm kind of going on the fly, but I didn't want to not get my listeners information, which is there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Right. So I'll be doing it on my own. Let's see if I can keep my own pace and keep up and compartmentalize because I do it better with another person, but you be the judge. So, okay. So what's going on? We've got Brazil protests. Okay. So the, this has been happening now since the election, right? We talked earlier about how it was pretty crazy how they thought that Lula actually stole the election. Um, a lot of the Brazilians do. So 100 million people voted, 50, 50 million on both sides, right? And so now we have millions of people in the streets, like right now, currently, and it's happening daily. And there's a huge sensor outage of it. You really can't find a lot. I mean, I had to go into my Twitter search bar and look for videos. And there are people there that are producing, you know, information from the front lines. So right now what they're currently doing is I think they're soliciting the military. So there's millions of people and they're surrounded the military headquarters because what they're trying to do is get the military on their side, kind of like we discussed in the last episode. The other thing that happened election wise globally was Netanyahu was elected, right? And when you saw that Biden called Lula right away within like 30 minutes to congratulate him, Took him a couple of days to call Netanyahu, but he's now the prime minister of Israel. Exciting again, right? <clears throat> okay. So another thing that's happening right now that I've been watching a lot about, and it's got a lot of people on edge. And, and we talked about the gas shortage again in the previous episode, but this one, this diesel one is, is pretty important, right? So you have a gas shortage of diesel that is happening. It is down 80%. No, sorry. It is down 33% this year, just this year. And it's the highest it's ever been down. Okay. The, um, it's the lowest in 40 years that it's ever been down. And then in, in a year span right now is the highest it's ever been down historically. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm reading all over Twitter. I'm seeing all kinds of information of people who are saying that their gas stations or local gas stations are actually rationing gas. So one guy, a uh, pretty big handle on Twitter said, my local gas station will only give you $50 in gas and diesel. So, so the, the bigger importance of this is number one, if you don't have diesel gas, like you don't have, um, equipment or you can't power your farm equipment. So that affects our food supply. If you don't have diesel gas, you don't have trucks moving supplies. Again, that affects our food supply. You're going, we're going to have a serious issue. And, and I'm, I've been concerned this whole time. Uh, it's one thing to, you know, try to deplete the reserves as much as you can or sell to China or whatever it is Biden is doing. It's one thing to do that, but it's quite another to completely let us run out, right? We're, we're completely screwed. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> so if we don't have gas, we don't get food. This is going to be a complete collapse. And it was postponed very conveniently until right after the midterms. So midterms are tomorrow. 
And we're starting to see rations today at different sites around the country. Um, Nebraska being one, I think one of the Dakotas was one. So coming to a city near you, uh, they keep telling you, everyone keeps telling you, go get gas tomorrow. And a lot of them are saying that to remind you that the high gas prices will help you with your vote, right? Like you wouldn't want to vote for somebody who doesn't help you at the gas pump. But in reality, you need to fill up your gas because I guarantee you that within a week, those prices are going to likely double just because we don't have the supply. And in addition to that, just yesterday, good old Biden um, changed his tune again, right? He, a couple of days ago, he said that coal was out. He was not going to do coal. Yesterday, he just said no more drilling. Absolutely no more drilling. He said he will not be drilling for oil. It's look at if, if anything, he says, holds water. Because when he said the coal thing a couple of days ago, Jean-Pierre had to come out and do an 11-part tweet explaining what he really meant, which is he was lying. <laughs> but anyway, so so we're going through the same thing with oil now. I have yet to see an 11-part tweet from Jean-Pierre, but it's always possible. Things like that are always on the horizon. Okay, so that's the gas issues. Okay, so the big, these, this is kind of fun, right? So I'm all over Twitter. This one's kind of fun. Uh, Elon Musk is obviously kicking up a ruckus on Twitter and liberals are very, very upset with him and in all kinds of stuff, right? So the first thing that I will say is a couple of days ago it came out and I was, I was pretty taken back. He, another user said, that he had been approached by what they call tweeps, the people who used to work at Twitter. And they tried to sell him a blue check for $15,000, okay? Elon came in and said, yep, confirming this. So what we are finding out now is this caste society that was created under Jack Dorsey in Twitter was bought and sold. Where that money went? Maybe it went to those Tweets' Tesla payment. I, I don't know, but it's very frustrating. So what you're seeing now is people being enraged about the $8. Well, they're not actually angry that they have to pay $8 a month. They're angry that it's affordable for the peasants. They paid their $15,000, $25,000 to get that explicit blue check mark so that they can run around as elitists on Twitter and have their opinions matter more. And at the end of the day, they are upset that number one, they're not getting grandfathered in, they have to pay the $8. But number two, that the peasants are going to be available to do this on their own, which is pretty fabulous. I, I love that he's doing this. He's breaking up this elitist caste society within Twitter. Now, since then, um, just last night, he came out and said that in addition to saying humor's back, it's not illegal, you can be funny on Twitter again, he came back and he said, parody accounts will be allowed, but impersonations will not. Because essentially that is identity fraud. You cannot hijack another user's name. And if you are a parody of another user, that needs to be explicitly written in your Twitter handle per the terms of service. And this isn't changed. So a lot of the terms of service haven't even changed. What you're seeing the big shift on Twitter is, is completely self-induced, right? So we're seeing 
um, celebrities, these lefties, I'm leaving Twitter, I'm leaving Twitter. Okay, well then leave Twitter. But back to the parody conversation. So a lot of people were being parodies of Elon Musk himself, right? And they were posting stuff like, my wife hates me or whatever they were talking about. But anyway, what ended up happening was Kathy Griffin. And if you don't remember her, she's that failed D-list comedian with the bread hair. She was the one who did the picture with Trump's head, right? Bleeding his beheaded head in her hand. She took that photo in a magazine, which by the way, if any of us did, we would all have the FBI knocking on our door. But she impersonated Elon Musk on her account. And because she has a blue check mark, it looked like it was an Elon Musk account actual. And it wasn't, but it says Kathy Griffin under it. And because she didn't denote that it was an Elon Musk parody, uh, Elon came in and booted her. <laughs> he booted her within 30 minutes of making the announcement. And if that wasn't crazy enough, she jumped on her dead mother's Twitter account to try to continue and kept saying, oh, free Kathy. Um, he booted that account too, because she's not her mother. <laughs> she just doesn't learn. So anyways, um, in the last 24 hours, tons of celebrities and people, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. And they've been doing these uh, campaigns to get advertisers to flee Twitter. Well, to be honest, if advertisers want to flee Twitter, then that's particularly, that's completely fine with me because those ones do not agree with my first amendment, right? They don't agree with equality, actual. They don't agree with society having a level playing field, right? They are all elitist and they endorse the caste society. If you want to leave, not only you should leave, but I'm not going to buy your products. So we're seeing a lot of anti-boycott, um, what boycott the boycott talk happening. And you can expect to see plenty of those companies like GM, Pfizer, Pfizer, GM, Pfizer, Audi, a whole bunch of these companies are looking at boycotts themselves for leaving Twitter, um, trying to dump the, the money revenue for Elon. And all because he wants to give us he wants to give us little people. He wants to give us peasants a hand. I mean, he wants us to be valuable on his platform too. And why wouldn't he? It makes everything more fair. So Elon did that uh, again this morning. Elon came out and said that he believes that you should vote Republican tomorrow because the executive branch is Democrat and he wants fair and balanced. And he also came back piggybacking saying, I think I, I want you to know I've always voted Democrat. So interesting, like new news to me, Elon voted for Biden. He's always voted Democrat and tomorrow he'll be voting Republican because he wants to even the playing field a little bit. And he's right. Without checks and balances, we end up with no diesel gas and no borders. And, you know, I, I don't have to preach to the choir. You guys, you guys know what it's like. Um, Okay, so the next topic I want to talk about that just came out about three, four hours ago was pretty crazy, and I was I was pretty upset about it. Um, so the Federal Civil Rights Division, it is a federal agency, and they are going to 14 states to monitor the elections. Okay, so if you know anything about elections, you know they are run exclusively by the states. And the only way that it can be changed is if Congress steps in and changes the law, and then that applies to the states. But other than that, that, that they don't have any um, overwatch oversight at all. 
but he is sending civil rights division to 14 states and some battleground states too. I mean, I'm talking about Pennsylvania. I'm talking about Arizona. I'm talking about Georgia. These are all states that were highly contested and had a jump in votes for the blue candidate in the middle of the night during 2020, right? These are states that swung. So we're starting to see some hanky panky stuff going off. Um, just so that you guys know, because I want to, I want to read it. I hate like looking down and it's kind of, I know it looks funny on video, but just so you know, the elections clause is make states primarily responsible for regulating Congress elections. It vests ultimate power to Congress. Congress may pass federal laws regulating congressional elections that automatically displace any contrary state statutes or enact it own regulations concerning those aspects of elections that states may not have addressed. The framers empowered Congress to step in and regulate such elections as a self-defense mechanism. So what's interesting about that piece that I just read you is number one, we've already discussed this federal division or federal civil rights division coming into state elections is illegal. They're not allowed to do that. It has to be passed by Congress. The other interesting piece of this puzzle that continues on is you can go and Google this anywhere you'd like, but in January, late January of 2022, they tried to pass a federal elections um, amendment through House and Con House and Senate. So it made it through the House, it made it to Senate, and then Manchin, right, out of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema out of Arizona blocked the bill. So this bill was sent to the Senate and kicked back. It's dead. It's a dead bill. So they tried to pass it. And that's why they wanted to pass it because they wanted to enact this civil, um, federal civil rights, you know, Stasi running around to these states. But guess what? Like everything else in this administration, they're just going to do it anyway. They don't really care about laws or Congress. Um, even like we said in the other podcast, Biden did not pass ten dollars to $20,000 of student loan relief through Congress, which is 100% where it had to go. I mean, it already has federal judges are already putting a stay on it, like trying to stop it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and since we're on this topic, I kind of want to get into, we talk about voter fraud, right? Oh, gosh, it's such a pariah. And everyone, oh, the voter fraud and oh, 2020 and this, that and the other. But I want to give you some examples of some actual election fraud that have already occurred for this election cycle. And one of that is in Milwaukee. The elections official was charged with falsely obtaining military absentees. Now, I watched a video on this. Uh, I'm not certain if it's 100 percent. It looks legit to me, having been in the military and using the military DFAS system. But I'm not going to get into the details of it. The, they say it was from an Iranian hacker. I, I don't know. But what I am saying is that whether this official did this to prove how easy it is to hijack military absentee votes or not, this person was arrested because they were a Milwaukee election official and they should not have been tampering with this stuff. Um, if if they do go to jail and something happens and they were just trying to prove it or maybe they weren't. Hopefully we get some more safeguards, right? We do not want our members, our military members votes getting rejected. They, if anything, they do, the, you know, they work the hardest for our country and they bust their butts for our freedom. And if anything, theirs is worth a mint, right? So that's one thing. 
The other thing that happened is in Florida, there was um, illegal voting charges. So there is a judge in Miami and he's currently doing 19, DeSantis issued these arrests, he charges. There's 19 um, election fraud charges happening. And one of the guys, I read a little bit about him, he voted, double voted in a wrong county and he did it illegally, obviously. But what's happened is that has been thrown out. It's been dismissed. And DeSantis says his administration plans to appeal it. So the guy could still get put in jail for it. I mean, it's still election fraud. I'm not sure the status on all the other stuff, but we will um, go to the next thing. And that is the Fox 10 Phoenix. So on Fox 10 Phoenix, this was a couple of weeks ago, um, they were doing a test for tomorrow night where they put those graphics up on the screen showing the election results. And they had Katie Hobbs winning by a strange fraction, couple fractions of a percent. It was like three point something percent, right? Did Katie Hobbs beating uh, Carrie Lake and they had her checked as the winner. So it's one thing for them to have done that with a very, with very strange specific numbers. And you should Google this graphic because it's out there. Um, telltale, right? Are they going to cheat? Was that graphic pre-made? And if they were just going to test it, why didn't they do it at zero and zero or a hundred and hundred or 50 and 50, like complete cut, even numbers. It was way too fishy. Um, not saying that that's what's going to happen, but it was very eerie to viewers who were watching that channel at that time. Okay. So the next thing that's going on is there's, there is a electronic company that does um, elections, kind of like Dominion, I guess, but the, their name is Konek. Konek, and their CEO was arrested um, a couple days ago, probably about a week ago, and he had been compiling. He was a Chinese citizen. He'd been compiling information about poll watchers, specifically uh, that were in the system. And he went to jail because you can't do that. You can't use the election system to pull information on anybody like that, particularly the poll watchers, right? So he went to jail. And the reason they found out about it was because if you go back to 2000 Mules, if you watch that movie, uh, in, the, in the movie, there is a team called True the Vote. And True the Vote is Greg Phillips and Catherine Inglebright. So those two were true the vote. Um, Greg Phillips, I remember watching him because I thought, oh, this guy is a military imagery analyst. I, I can see the way he's moving. I can see the way he operates. He, he looks like one. So these two are the ones who found the CEO to be stealing this data. And they did it through a third party who was working at Konak. And the guy reported it to them. And then they did the investigation. They found out it was true. The guy goes to jail, right? So what's even more crazy is those two from True the Vote were pulled in front of a judge and the judge demanded to know the name of their um, informant, the guy inside Konak, who actually ratted out the Chinese citizen CEO who got put in jail and they refused to give it to them. So he held them in contempt and he put them in jail for a couple of days. Now they were released today, I believe, and I'm not sure if they were locked back up or not. I saw something about it, but it's very frustrating. I mean, from, from a standpoint of 
when you talk about 2000 mules, the the movie to anybody, oh, it's, you know, liberals, it's debunked, it's been debunked. It's been, if it's so debunked, then why are the two main characters that helped create that movie getting put in jail? And obviously their informant, their source had good information because the CEO got, got locked up himself. So here we have this kind of a thing happening pretty interesting. Okay. So, um, another in another piece of information in the land of hypocritical stuff is Biden is invoking executive privilege. So we discussed last week that the attorney general of Missouri, uh, Eric Schmidt is filing suit and they are deposing, like we talked about last week, they're deposing the, um, Jenny Sterling of Sisa. They're, um, deposing Jen Psaki, who was the old um, speaker before uh, Jean-Pierre was. And Biden, amazingly enough, has invoked executive privilege. Now, any other time in our history, we'd be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. She worked for the administration. She was an advisor, da, 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 da. But it doesn't make sense because this is exactly what landed Steve Bannon in hot water, right? Biden revoked all of Trump's staff and advisors of executive privilege. So when they did the Mar-a-Lago raid and all this stuff going on, um, I did see Cash Patel was uh, interviewed by a grand jury. They all had to denounce their executive privilege because Biden revoked it. So it's very, very ironic that in this Eric Schmidt case, where we're fighting about DHS infiltrating social media platforms and uh, giving them direct information to censor, you know, the citizens. So First Amendment violations. It's very interesting that he specifically invoked for Jen Psaki and then this easterly woman who runs SISA. Go figure. Uh, rules for me, not for thee. Okay, so another update, a little bit of an update on the ever-evolving conspiracy that is Paul Pelosi, goodness gracious. So um, it's not really a big one. It, well, it is a big one, but it, it's kind of a, a quick one. So NBC did uh, a segment and they launched it on Good Morning America. And then after the segment, they immediately deleted it. And if you go watch this segment, you should be able to still find it. It's floating around plenty of places, not on NBC anymore. But if you go watch it, it states that Paul Pelosi came to the door when the cops came, right? And so he comes to the door when the cops came and then he turns around and walks back towards the Dave DePap guy, right? Because <laughs> he's an intruder. Why would you walk back to that guy? Anyway, walks back to the guy and then gets hit in the head by the hammer and then the cops stop it. So so the story is always evolving. It really doesn't make any sense. But Nancy Pelosi did just come out today and say that the attack on her husband is going to change her retirement plans, which makes sense because if the Democrats are anticipating losing the House, that means, guess what? She's not the Speaker of the House anymore. It's kind of a perfect time for her to retire. So I'm not saying they invented this story to help her retire, but it's pretty convenient. Um, okay, so a lot of different candidates you've heard lately, and they've been running around and they have been talking about murder rates, crime statistics, crime statistics. 
And it's been very interesting. So Kathy Hochul, oh, crime's not as bad as you think it is. That's New York City. And what's very peculiar is when you dig into this story, it gets kind of crazy when you look at the crime statistics. And and I saw it pop on Not to Be, which is Babylon B's alter ego. But I looked it up again because I was very curious as to how this is possible. So the FBI crime statistics for this year, as of late, most recent, has not input the crime data for New York City and Los Angeles. So every crime statistic you see, oh, it's down 4%. Oh, it's this, it's that. It is missing the two most crime-ridden population centers in our entire nation. Bet you didn't know that, you Google it. So what's going on is I see a lot of these candidates and they are recycling an article written by Pew Research. But when you go into Pew Research and you look at where they source their crime statistics, oh, hey, guess what? Surprise, the FBI statistic database is in there, which means it's leaving out Los Angeles and New York City. So basically crime is insanely higher than you can imagine. And they don't even want to tell you what it is. They're just leaving it out. <laughs> just don't want you to know. Um. Okay, so the next thing I guess I'm going to tackle a little bit is some Carrie Lake information, right? So Carrie Lake yesterday, her campaign headquarters in Phoenix, and I'm sure you've already heard this, had a white powdery substance mailed to it in two separate envelopes. And it also came with letters that were very, very threatening. They had one staffer who was opening those envelopes. She was uh, being looked after for medical, but the FBI has been you know shut down the campaign headquarters and they've been meandering around i think they did some like bomb squad stuff um pretty scary stuff so the reason that alerts me particularly looking at that race particularly is that in the state of arizona there's no lieutenant governor so if the governor were to die or get kicked out or whatever the person who replaces the governor is the Secretary of State. So the current running Secretary of State is Mark Fincham on her ticket, right? Mark Fincham is the good guy. He's the Republican guy. He's kind of snappy. He does some funny lines. He's always wears cowboy hat and boots. He's seems like a cool dude. His competitor, and I got this mixed up from the last episode, his competitor is the lawyer for the cartel. I got it mixed up last episode. It's not Lulo that was lawyer for cartel. It's the competitor to Mark Fincham. So he's the, the Democrat running for secretary of state in the state of Arizona is the cartel lawyer, which means if that cartel lawyer were to win secretary of state, they're only one seat away from the governorship of the entire state. Because if something were to happen to the governor, whether it be Carrie Lake or Hobbs, they would be replaced by the secretary of state. So if you're in Arizona, oh my gosh, Fincham, have to vote. He, he might be the most important vote in that state to be honest at this point. So, I mean, he's going to deal with election integrity and he's going to be the stopgap of anybody trying to cause any harm to Carrie Lake, even though we've already seen it attempted. This is pretty frustrating. I mean, we live in a manical, illogical, uh, violent society full of mental illness. I, I can't believe anybody or criminal, right? We don't know if the people who sent the powdery substance were, cr were criminals, like actual, like organized crime or if they were fanatics. So I don't know. Um, 
there are a couple endorsements flying around. They've been flying around for the last 48 hours. Pretty interesting. <laughs> it seemed like I would open up and I would see um, an Oprah. Oh, Oprah endorsed this person. I don't care about Oprah, but okay, cool. Oprah endorses this person. And then I would immediately see Chuck Norris endorse this person. So Chuck Norris, the roundhouse kick man of the planet, uh, also another Air Force vet. He is running around endorsing endorse Masters and he endorsed Terry Lake. Um, Oprah came out and she endorsed Fetterman and Shapiro. I don't remember. Don't quote me. She she did somebody else too. Anyway, Fetterman has the Oprah endorsement, which is which is kind of weird because she helped make Oz, right? Oz was a staple on her show. He was a good friend. Uh, pretty frustrating that she's putting politics over business or friends, right? Shouldn't be happening, but you know how they act. Um, okay, so that was kind of interesting. So the next thing that I thought was was kind of crazy, and I have to get into this a little bit because I did a dig on it because I was arguing with somebody about it, um, is Brian Sicknick. So Brian Sicknick was a cop at January 6th. And he's the one, whenever you hear somebody go, oh, a cop died at January 6th. Well, he didn't die at January 6th, okay? He was at January 6th, but he didn't die. There was no fire extinguishers, that there's all these stories racing around. And they used his story pretty heavily in the January 6th committee, which I thought was kind of interesting considering he didn't die in January 6th or because of January 6th, complete falsehood. So New York Times had released an article stating that he had, which turned out to not be true and then um i think i talked about this on another episode judicial watch uh sued to get the FOIA reports and then the FOIA reports came out and they stated for for the coroner's report for brian sicknick came out in april right so april judicial watch finally gets the coroner report and then that thing goes public and it forced new york times to retract their article so New York Times retracts their article because he died of natural causes. Um, even federal prosecutors said it would not be able to get homicide. So it's still pretty crazy that the January 6th committee is still using this article, right? Well, if you go and you look, they're using the archive version. They pulled an archive version of the New York Times article when it first came out. They won't use the updated version that has the actual facts as per the coroner report through the FOIA reports, right? Anyways, Brian Sicknick and... My heart goes out to her, but his mother, Gladys Sicknick, I guess her last name is Gladys, did a video for Katie Hobbs as an endorsement. And she said, women like Carrie Lake are the reason my son is dead. Well, unless Carrie Lake causes heart attacks on her own with her voodoo, with her magic, there's no way that she's people like her, the reason your son's dead. There's no reason, no people are the reason your son's dead. Your son had a stroke and he died. It was January 7th and he died. He didn't have any chemical residue, any burns from the maze from the day before the autopsy report has gone over it. And again, you don't even have a lawsuit. The federal prosecutors have come out and said this coroner report is shut and closed. You couldn't do anything. But so she... And you can't help but wonder in her grief if she was manipulated or not. I don't know if she was manipulated or not. It's a very sad story. But um, if she was manipulated or not by the liberal, you know, grifters, party, whatever. And they conned her into doing this endorsement, this television commercial for Katie Hobbs. So really interesting that that's happening. Um, 
and frustrating too. I mean, it's so unnecessary. There's, there's really no reason to get like that. I mean, Carrie Lake was not even at January 6th. It doesn't even make sense. It's really kind of, you know, the big elephant in the room, the big pariah. And to be honest, until you release the other 14,000 hours of footage that you're hiding, I don't trust the narrative anyways. Okay. So I'm kind of to the end of the podcast. Uh, I just want to give you guys an update since we're uh, so close to tomorrow. Whew, come on. We got to, we got to pull this off. We got to win it. Um, everything relies on it. Right. I, and I'm just thinking like, I don't want to get nuked. I'd like to be able to drive my car, you know, just basic stuff, basic things like, please, please, please. Um, let my life be, we just want to be left alone. Just leave me alone. Let me be normal. Let me live my life. Um, I just want to buy groceries. <laughs> so I'm sure moms want baby formula. Like it, this shouldn't be happening and, and we shouldn't be taxed so high. So anyways, what I want to do is give you a little bit of update on the poll numbers. These are the latest poll numbers. Uh, I pulled them off real clear politics. And then I looked at the 13, what is it? 385 site. And that combines like Trafalgar and there, there's a couple of other sites that it combines like left and right. Right. So the, there's the data, something database. Anyway, I want to go through these numbers with you real quick, just to give you an idea of what we're walking into tomorrow. Um, before, I don't know, everything stops counting in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, uh, Nevada is Laxel is up three and Lombardo is up two. So I'm just going through the, the ones we need to maintain or win congress and senate okay so nevada laxalt up three lombardo's up two um new hampshire this one was kind of a a surprise we didn't know this was happening so bulldog who is the republican we didn't think we had a shot to win this he's only down a point and a half it's pretty good uh masters is up one and carrie lake is up four and those are in nevada right sorry arizona 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 those are in arizona um off to Georgia. Kemp is because I was taken from a couple different polls. These ones are a range because there were so many polls that came out today between like for Georgia. So Kemp was between five and nine up. Right. And Walker is between one and three up. So that's kind of cool. Um, Zeldin, this one kind of broke my heart because I like Lee. Zeldin is down by seven, but he could pull it off. He could pull it off. Uh, Hochul is kind of a she doesn't believe in crime and she likes to give fake stats. So hopefully you can pull this off because the New Yorkers really need her. Uh, DeSantis out in Florida, he is plus four, but his range that I have seen in the last couple of weeks has been like all the way up to like 10, 15, right? Plus 10, 15. I mean, he's going to kill it. He's winning it in a landslide. And then Rubio is plus 10, which I thought, okay, that's good. I mean, we just kind of know that. Um, another like spoiler that we did not see coming is Tudor Dixon in Michigan. Oh, please get rid of Gretchen Whitmer. She was the worst governor during COVID. Um, so Tudor Dixon is down four. She's only down four points. That's not so bad. She can pull this off. Please get rid of Garrett and Whitmer. Um, Greg Abbott is up 13 points. Go Texas. Um, Mickles in Wisconsin is up two and Ron Johnson in Wisconsin is up six, which I thought was interesting. I figured there'd be a larger plus spread because it's Wisconsin, but okay. Uh, JD Vance is up five in Ohio. Trump just did. I just watched it because I was waiting for him to announce. He didn't announce. So Trump just did a rally in Wisconsin for JD Vance and he's up five. So he's probably going to do good. Um, 
<clears throat> Oz is up on Fetterman plus two. And then Mastriano, this one kind of breaks my heart because I love my, you know, my vets. He's also running in Pennsylvania. He's down between eight and 10 range. Again, he can pull it off. Um, so, so we really got to root and, you know, jump up and down and, you know, do our rain dances for uh, Bulldog in New Hampshire, Zeldin in New York, Dixon in Michigan, and Mastriano in Pennsylvania. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I think tomorrow is going to be great. I, I hope everything goes well. These guys have been campaigning their butts off. I know what that's like. I know how stressful it is. We got to win. I mean, we've got to take back the house and the Senate. We have to do it. We got to put Nancy in retirement. She's got to go take care of Paul. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my show. I know it's kind of weird just doing it on my own and not battering back and forth with another person uh but good luck and go vote go vote tomorrow vote 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 oh and go enjoy your blood moon pretty exciting bye you've been listening to what's happening america if it's happening in the conservative world in the national news we're talking about it we have opinions about it and we have guests to talk about it bold funny and true conservatives We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at What's Happening America. And find the website at idahospodcast.com. See you next time on What's Happening America.